Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today, we are joined by Crystal McGilvery, founder of Mind Over Money. Mind Over Money takes a dual approach to increasing financial acumen and confidence in the workplace. Crystal has taken the world by storm, having featured on ITV Tonight, The Telegraph, FM Magazine, Refinery29, and BBC Radio recently. You know, she's just been a little bit busy. She was also voted the Top 100 Women Future Leaders 2022, the Top 100 Black Women in Tech 2020, and is a Great British Businesswoman Award finalist 2022. So I'm super excited to have her join us today because she's got loads to share and loads of lessons on the way, and I can't wait to hear it all. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me and what a lovely intro. Thank you. <laughs> so before we go into all, all of your successes, I really want for you to share with us all about what is Mind Over Money? So Mind Over Money, it's funny, the, the name, my mother used to say Mind Over Matter in terms of, you know, getting on with things, which, you know, the application here is, is rather different, but that's where the name came from. And it's it's basically highlighting the fact that psychologically, our minds play so much more in our financial decision making, whether it's in our personal lives or our business lives. So Mind Over Money does both things. It supports an individual with their personal finances and regaining that confidence so they can feel better about their day to day life. And on the other side, I also identified years ago working in industry that many people are in roles and they have to do you know, tasks that require them to have some kind of financial acumen, but many of us were not taught how to. And if we go back a step, and this could be a conversation in itself, how we feel about finance and money, that will also impact what we do with our business financial decisions, which again, if we think about business, that then affects business profits, growth, etc. So this, that part comes from me being within business and training up people, and giving them financial skills. Yeah, that is just so brilliant the way you've explained that, because I think a lot of people will overlook that the foundations just aren't there. So there's no mm. point in saying, oh, you know, you need to have that acumen. Well, if you don't, where do we get that from? So it's brilliant yeah. that you are solving that problem and answering that question. But I can imagine, you know, building this business has been a journey. It would be great for you to share some of that with us. Yeah, it's been a journey and a half. I mean, I didn't start out with, hey, I'm going to go and set up a business called Mind Over Money. Let's do it. Like I said, it started really this work or this area of need came to the forefront from when I was working in industry and I was regularly, you know, head of finance, the finance girl. But often people looked at me as you make me feel comfortable when it comes to finance and money. I feel like I can approach you and have these really embarrassing conversations and not feel embarrassed. And that's where it started, actually, when I was working, you know, nine to five. And as I came out of that, and actually, I initially started looking at financial well-being. We know that that's an area of concern globally and understanding the drivers of that issue, you know, accessibility, lack of confidence, and I could continue. So it started by me doing more work around financial well-being and, you know, personal finances. And then actually thought, well, you know, in terms of getting this out to the most people, you know, as much as possible, I thought if I go through organizations and tackle, you know, the dual part of it, the individual, the employees, personal finances, and then also the business side to support the business as well. So 
yeah eventually I started to pick up and do the business side the business finance side which obviously is my bread and butter you know I'm a chartered accountant my profession so that stuff is you know easy peasy for me but I didn't even think to bring it into the business but it makes complete sense you know increasingly got more demand for that side of the business as well and it's such a unique trait that you can boast that people who are normally embarrassed to ask mm. a question with somebody else they feel comfortable they can ask you but also that's a reflection of you know where just as a society we're getting so many things wrong that you know we love to say oh you don't know that rather than let yeah. me explain and let me empower you and I think it's also important to note that you speak and write about having dyslexia and ADHD and that in itself has empowered so so many people so I want you to share some of your insights there please yeah, for sure. And just kind of backtracking on the point you made earlier, you know, the topic of money, money is still taboo. You know, it it does so much for us as a community, as a society. We use it to signal to others, you know, our social status, et cetera. So it's laid with so many things. And then, yes, when you bring in kind of learning difficulties such as dyslexia and ADHD, et cetera, it then becomes such a much more complicated thing. And, you know, the world we live in today, we need money to get by. We, you know, it's almost impossible to to get by without it so I was diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD at the beginning of this year and I'd never suspected either at all and maybe this goes back to what I mentioned at the beginning about mind over matter that our mum taught me when I was growing up you know there was no excuse for anything it was just kind of get on I did know that I had to work extra hard at everything I did so being diagnosed with them I was like I guess that makes sense and then looking back at the people that I've worked with, so I also work with people one-on-one as well as corporates. And when I kind of went public with this diagnosis, because I thought that was important, a lot of my clients were like, yeah, I do too. I do too. And that became really increasingly common. And, you know, I've done a bit of thinking on that. And I think because of the way I approach this subject and I give people grace and space in that there's nothing wrong with you. The way you learn and how you understand things is unique and beautiful to you. What needs to be worked on is how you approach this subject and how it's taught to you or how you go about, you know, improving your financial life. I make every effort to kind of speak about these things, especially being, you know, a black woman in STEM, you know, have an ADHD, dyslexia from a difficult background. And I could continue. I'm seeing that I'm a, a big example for a lot of people who've maybe been diagnosed themselves and are afraid to come out or, or embarrassed still or really struggling, showing them that actually you're fine. You're fine. You just need a community, a support network, etc. Really like how you said give people grace and space. I think we all need to take that from probably every <laughs> walk of life. So thank you for sharing your journey there. And also like when you were diagnosed with it and the fact that so many people have done something too, and they feel safe and you created that safety for so many people. Now, your work in driving inclusion goes so far. You've done so many, you know, I spoke about them in the intro, so many media <laughs> features around financial inclusion. It'd be great just to hear more about that. Yeah, and this links perfectly with the company and kind of the underlying ethos of what we're about. It's understanding that we're all different. We're all wonderful as we are. There's nothing wrong with our with us, our different abilities, our different approach to subjects. And in the space of finance, given that money and finance is such a, a powerful, important thing in our lives and has so much control, I think it's really important to highlight our unique differences, especially when it comes to challenges that people have. So I also work a lot with entrepreneurs, especially those who have dyslexia and the challenges they have with, you know, the nitty gritty business stuff. 
kind of talking about those issues readers a lot I think to make people feel empowered and not pack it all in or quit the job if they're struggling or you know even if you're thinking about somebody who is an employee your personal life definitely spills over into the workplace and if you're having difficulty with your finances it's going to be in your head it's going to affect what you do day to day and you know the best thing you can do is support somebody with that to help them be better throughout their you know their whole lives so a lot of what I do and you know when the requests come through to feature on tv etc I'm like yeah definitely <laughs> you know the the ITV one about Bino Palata understandably there's lots of people who are really negative about it and it exists and people use it so I don't think that it does any good to really shame people for using it instead giving them the power and the tools and the understanding about how to use it better I think is a is a really good approach like really powerful stuff like such huge impact you know and getting the media features is just so important because you don't know who you're reaching when you're doing that and it's just so far and wide can you share some of the examples of some of the businesses that you have helped yeah there's a couple of creative industry companies that I've worked with mainly on the business finance stuff so this would be mid-management who have to handle budgets and you know make work closely with clients and it's either they don't know or they're not confident about what they're doing so there is a missed opportunity to really keep as much money in the business as possible or there's mistakes being made and there's big gaps in maybe the way that department is operating one client for example was missing out a little while ago now but the way they were billing the clients they weren't bringing in all the costs for example so missing out thousands and thousands of pounds every month purely because the individual didn't understand how to go about this stuff and didn't understand that that actually impacts the bottom line when I do this I start with work to build confidence and that's that I think is so important a lot of the financial education initiatives out there don't do that they don't start with building confidence before they provide the financial education and if the individual is not in the right space, you're not going to learn effectively. You know, you're going to be caught up in your head feeling negative. So that's what I do on the business side. And on the personal side, working with a couple of companies, whether it's delivering workshops or providing finance clinics where people can ask you what they think is a really silly question. It's not a silly question. Everyone's situation is different. And I think naturally, we all think that our situation is the worst. And you know, again, if we go back to diversity and our unique differences, a lot of people are really embarrassed to have these conversations in a group setting. So the finance clinics have been really popular. You know, whether it's 15 minutes, just having somebody there you can ask a question to, no judgment, no shame. And it's like, yep, this is how you do it. Yeah, so that's been really good. I'm so pleased that you said that, that, you know, a lot of people will feel embarrassed. They'll find it very difficult to open up in group settings. This is so important to share because... A lot of my work is focused around how do we build inclusion into all workplaces, yeah. whether the mission of the business for financial inclusion or not, how do we build workplace inclusion in an authentic way? And, you know, a lot of the time people say, well, you know, we've had these group sessions, but nothing was said, <laughs> you know, yeah. half, right? Because we've got to, we've got to look at the fact that within this that there'll be extroverts who are really happy to share there'll be introverts who don't want to share there'll be people who are in the middle who don't feel happy to share today it's a really interesting one so you know with all your experience what would be your thoughts and what would be your advice to people when people are wanting to build better workplace inclusion 
Yeah, good question. And and I, I like your comment there as well. One thing I do do when I do have a group event, I say straight away, if you're embarrassed or nervous, pop me a private direct question and I will address it publicly without saying your name. You know, it's really one easy tip that it straight away increases the number of people who are asking questions during the group call. Just kind of a bit of advice for the others who may not have tried that. In terms of CTA for those who want to do more for workplace inclusion, and I, I think the first, it sounds so simple, but I think a lot don't do it is listen talk to your employees you know if you can do that anonymously even better get your staff to speak up about where they're struggling do an assessment you know ask those really awkward questions that you might not want to say face to face but are really going to bring out the information you need so you can actually tailor the support to them and I also think it's important to know that and this is maybe hard because it often means a bit more costly but one size doesn't fit all and, you know, you might want to go and, you know, chuck, like we just said, chuck a group workshop and that's it, we've done our quota. But if you're really invested in your staff and, you know, the outcome of that is a more well-rounded individual, you know, they're better at home, they're better in the workplace. They also will look at you as the employer as, wow, you actually care about us. You know, you've taken the time to do this. So I think they're the, they're the key things that would pop up for me. And thank you for sharing different scenarios that people can genuinely implement. And, you know, just by picking up a couple of those bits of advice that you've said, I bet people will find that they get so much more conversation and so much more free flowing conversation, which is, you know, the, the foundation of it all. And, you know, it's been just so fantastic that you've joined us today on this podcast. I've seen you on the TV. I've seen some of your features in writing as well. And it's been such a privilege to have you be on our podcast as well. So thank you for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. Thank you for having me.